Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 1 Preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is finally here. It's finally here, guys. It is game week. It is time to get down, and it is time for you guys to get over to my bookie. I go to my bookie because it's fast, easy, and they pay when you win. And let's face it, who you're betting on is just as important as who you are betting with. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to go with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If, if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes, a little, uh, likes to bet, on, uh, bet a little and win a lot, Try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to be placing your wages. So join my bookie now, and they will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. And visit mybookie.ag today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. My bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. And the experiment is here, guys. We aren't going the traditional route by having a guest from our opponent, in this case the Green Bay Packers, coming onto the show. We're actually going to do that uh, Friday night for the episode to drop on Saturday to review the game this time around. So the experiment being that uh, we're going to do a little roundtable uh, discussion. Our good friend Lauren Cox is going to come back, and a new friend, Nicholas Moriano from the Chicago Audible, going to join me and Lauren for this roundtable discussion to dis- to talk about the 53-man roster, how we feel about this year's team, how we feel about Thursday night coming up. Just by the time most of you are hearing this, we're 36 hours away at the most, probably. By the time most everybody's going to get a chance uh, to hear this, uh, a day and a half away from, from fantasy of Bears-Packers kicking off the 100th season of NFL football, 100th season of Bear uh, football being a reality and uh it couldn't be any better guys it's the 2019 week one preview it's the start of the regular season with nick moriano and lauren cox so let's get to it so so close it's here game week is here We've been in single digits for the countdown to the game. We're down to two. We're two days away as I'm recording this on Tuesday night, getting ready for the Thursday night. We're down to two minutes. We're down to Peter Tom Willis days between now and kickoff on Thursday night for the most anticipated season of Chicago Bears football. I mean, we thought that last year we were excited to see where things might go. I'm simply on the edge of my seat and have been for quite some time chomping at the bit for our beloved to take the field against the Green Bay Packers, for the games to count, for the people that count to be out there on the field uh, getting it done. And uh, we're so close uh, to it happening. The next time you hear my voice, 
uh, will be on Saturday uh, when the review episode drops and game one will be behind us and it's all downhill from there as far as it being previews and reviews for the rest of the season. So a couple of news and notes to get to before we get to myself and Lauren and uh, Nick Moriano from the Chicago Audible and our roundtable discussion about the game and the, and the upcoming uh, season. Uh, number one being that uh, today at Soldier Field, our beloved Chicago Bears uh, unveiled the George Hallis and Walter Payton statues outside of Soldier Field today. Uh, something that is uh, long, long overdue. Uh, something that should have taken place many years ago, especially when it comes to Papa Bear, uh, considering this is the 100th season of NFL football and George Hallis is a central figure in the inception of the NFL and many other things that have become the norm in pro football. He was the first to have full-time uh, assistant coaches. He, the Chicago Bears invented the inside linebacker or middle linebacker uh, position, the T, T formation, the, it, it, just so many things. He was an innovator. And film. I think film study was one of his uh, innovations uh, as well, not to mention the biggest sport in the history of the, uh, at the very least, the United States in a sport that uh, is cause for my voice right now to be heard across the world, over in the UK and in very many, various many other countries uh, across the world to celebrate this sport and this team uh, that we love so much. And um, also long overdue for, the, for Walter Payton uh, to have that statue outside of his, his home field, his stadium, much like uh, MJ uh, got his uh, statue outside, or actually it's inside um, the United Center now, but nonetheless, the best player uh, uh, in the franchise uh, gets his due. Walter Payton is definitely the best player that this franchise uh, has seen, and he has immortalized uh, in, in a, a beautiful bronze statue outside of Soldier Field. Uh, he and, and Papa Bear statues kind of bookend uh, an entrance to the to the stadium, so it was a very... Very, very cool thing to see. I was actually able to sneak away and, and watch the uh, ceremony this morning. It was around 11.30 that it was uh, taking place uh, today. The Bears, uh, ChicagoBears.com obviously was streaming it uh, live. Um, you guys will hear me talk about this with Lauren and, and uh, Nick, but I'll go ahead and say it here uh, as well. Uh, the unveiling of the statue for Walter Payton was kind of underwhelming. Um, the, the shot that the cameraman had he just looked like a very random football player that we were being told was Walter Payton. It wasn't until I saw some close-up shots of the statue that I realized, oh, it does look like sweetness in the face. You can see the number 34 on the statue. You can see the Bear C logo on the side of the helmet, so on uh, and so forth. When you got in there a little bit more, you could actually see the detail, and the artist actually did a fantastic job uh, with the statue it was kind of underwhelming from the angle that we were being shown uh, during the live streaming uh, event um, I, I will admit it did kind of get a little dusty uh, in the room when they unveiled uh, Walter Payton's uh, statue uh, sweetness was such an important figure uh, to me uh, as a kid he was uh, football to me he was the Bears he was my hero and I did have the privilege of seeing Walter Payton play football in person 
uh, as a boy. I, I was in the stadium when he broke uh, Jim Brown's uh, rushing record. So it's uh, it's a kind of a come full circle thing. I got to watch Walter Payton play football in that building. And now anytime I ever go back, he will be there uh, to greet me. So that's a very special thing and uh, a wonderful thing as well for Papa Bear to be immortalized there uh, as well. So congratulations to Sweetness and Papa Bear. May they rest in peace. And congratulations to the Hallis, McCaskey, and uh, Peyton uh, families uh, for this uh, accomplishment that, that those two men uh, that have had. So it uh, really was a wonderful thing to watch. I got to see Dan Hampton uh, make his speech. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Coach Ditka said a few words. Um, the, the Peyton children, uh, Brittany and Jarrett, said a few things, as well as uh, Virginia McCaskey starting things off talking about her dad. So a uh, very nice little ceremony. They wrapped it up. And uh, the statues, once you get a real good look at them, they are very nice, very, very nice uh, statues. I, I thought they were great. So um, that was um, what I was doing when I should have been working earlier today. And um, so that's the good news. I uh, do have a little bit of bad news, though. Uh, Evan Western, our good friend from Acme Packing Company, won't be able to join us this weekend for the review episode. Unfortunately, he's had a, a death in the family, and the, the proceedings to celebrate that family member's life are going to be going on throughout uh, the weekend. So Evan and I weren't able to make it work out so that he would be able to join us on Friday night for the review for me to be able to drop it on Saturday. However, he is working on right now finding a replacement to uh, to step in from the bullpen for him uh, and and take a spot uh, with the uh, with the review episode and uh, we'll see who that uh, who that ends up being and hopefully that person and I can get our schedules uh, synced up so that he can uh, he or she can join me and um, you know see what uh, this other experimental episode uh, will sound out sound like this one this one I think went really really well I recorded the episode or the interview. Uh, roundtable discussion actually wasn't so much an interview with uh, with Lauren and, and Nick and I thought it went very very well we had a nice time got a lot of good information uh, out there shared some ideas and thoughts and theories about the team and where we see them going I thought that went uh, went really well especially I've, I've, I've obviously done many many interviews thanks to the last several years of having uh, guests on the show uh, but I've never kind of been a moderator for this type of discussion. So I was kind of nervous about how it might turn out. But I thought it went really, really well. I think you guys uh, will enjoy it. Uh, last thing before we go uh, into the interview or the discussion with myself and uh, 
Lauren and Nick. It's week one, and we're previewing a football game, so we got to talk about the injury report. Uh, the headline for our beloved Chicago Bears has been Trey Burton and his uh, situation. He has suff- uh, suffered a, a minor groin injury last week, according to uh, Coach Nagy. He has been listed as limited in practice. He didn't practice on Sunday, but did practice yesterday on Monday and again today on Tuesday. He was limited in both practices. He's being listed as day-to-day so far. However, I do kind of get a sense of optimism around the situation that as per usual with the with these injuries and with the, the preseason, um, they're just being cautious with it, especially since it is a soft tissue injury, a groin uh, injury. You don't want those to flare up and get worse, so they are just taking it easy uh, with Trey. Like I said, I kind of get the feeling he's going to play uh, on Thursday. We'll, see, we'll wait and see on that one but it's not the same situation as when we lost him before the Philadelphia game and the Eagles didn't have to worry about him and they they keyed on Cohen and it kind of made difficult thing made it difficult for us on offense now we have a better running game with Montgomery and Davis along with Tariq Cohen we have a Cordero Patterson we have a healthy Anthony Miller things are going to be different this time around missing uh Trey Burton not to mention Adam Shaheen Ben Broniker those guys can contribute uh, as well. So we'll see how it all f- unfolds. Uh, two other names on the Bear injury list. Uh, Rashad Coward still nursing the elbow injury he suffered against the Giants in the preseason. Did not practice yesterday on Monday. Was limited today on Tuesday. And then Bilal Nichols uh, listed with a knee injury. Uh, was not on the list on Monday but listed as limited today on Tuesday. Bilal Nichols actually was on the injured list a lot last year, but mostly for nagging, like soreness or something like that. I don't recall, aside from being inactive week one against the Packers last year, Bilal Nichols didn't miss a snap uh, last season, so I wouldn't put too much, uh, too much credence into uh, th- that situation. However, if you want something to worry about, then you need to be a Packer fan because I had to count it three times to make sure I got it right there are 19 names on the injured list for the Green Bay Packers. Now, granted, a lot of these guys – actually, I take that back now. I'm starting to look at it. There's a lot of big names on this list. Uh, Mont- Montrevious Adams, defensive lineman. He's been full participation, so I wouldn't worry about him. Uh, Fatal Brown, another full participation guy. Uh, Brian Bulaga was limited on Monday, full go on – Tuesday, Oren Burks, one of their inside linebackers with a chest injury. He has not practiced. The The Packers are kind of worried. They actually made a trade earlier this week to, for another inside linebacker to kind of add depth to the, uh, to the position. So that's actually an area of concern for them. Kenny Clark, their stud defensive lineman, was got an ankle injury, but he's been listed as Full participation, same thing with Jimmy Graham. A finger injury, limited on Monday, full go on Tuesday. Uh, Josh Jackson has been full go with an Achilles injury. Aaron Jones, their running back, full participation. I think they're just putting names on the list maybe to mess with us. Most of these guys are full participation, so I'm not really even sure why they're on uh, the list. But there are 19 names on this. Kevin King, limited with a hamstring injury. Um, Darius Shepard, a wide receiver, has not practiced this week with a hamstring. Alex Light, uh, 
a, an offensive lineman, has not practiced with a wrist injury, and Tremont Williams has been limited with a knee injury. And I left out about six or seven guys. There are 19 people uh, on this list. So maybe if they're playing on Thursday and they'll full, be full, for full participation, they're not going to be 100%. So we got that going for us, not to mention – 19 people on the list is a hell of a lot more than three. So maybe what we're also looking at here is playing your guys during the preseason versus not playing your guys in the preseason where a third of your team is on the injured list because they're banged up when you have literally three guys on the Bears. And I think uh, all but Rashad Coward are still going to play on Thursday. So. Injury list might be a bunch to do about nothing, but uh, 19 names on it. I've never seen that many ever on an injured list before. So that was impressive for the Packers to put that together. So anyway, that is going to do it for our news and notes section. The, like I said, the statue unveiling was very nice. It was awfully dusty. Had to wipe some dust out of my eyes uh, when Sweetness had his thing unveiled. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the Trey Burton situation heading into thursday night uh when the bears and packers finally get it on and uh we'll find out what's going on with uh with uh, evan western and his possible replacement for the review episode see if we can get that second experimental episode in uh this weekend i'll keep my fingers crossed uh about it so but now it's time for our discussion with uh with lauren from locked on bears and nick from chicago audible but first (coughs) remember guys it's promo code chair to uh double your first deposit with my bookie that's promo code chair at mybookie.ag to double your first deposit uh at my bookie plenty of uh bets they got props and everything If, if you can't find it then you're looking in the wrong place uh with my bookie so um but also sponsoring the week one preview of the Bears Talk Underground is Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. God knows I'm ready to go. Do I really want to put it that way? I don't want to put it that way. No, I don't want to put it that way. But I remember when I was re- – never mind. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know – it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to bear up whenever the occasion arises. So you can arise and bear up, and you get it. If you could benefit from a little extra function and more confidence where it counts, which I fear the Green Bay Packers will need on Thursday. So maybe we should toss a little blue. No, we don't want to do that. We don't want to give them a performance boost or maybe we want to do it now put the blue chew in their water now because god knows those over-the-counter uh boner pills you can well they wouldn't be tested in time never mind uh guys most guys talk a good game but blue chew will help you follow through blue chew is prescribed online shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visit no waiting in the pharmacy and best of all no more awkwardness like this ad read they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. If you're willing to buy these kinds of pills, I doubt that money is an issue for you. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners, and God bless you all. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free 
when you use our special promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chair is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Yes, I, I do thank them for the fact that I have to keep reading this over and over. I'm going to talk to you guys about this Blue Chew stuff at the end of the episode, but there's more coming from Blue Chew, and I think maybe you guys will want to get in on it with me. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But uh, anyway, those are our uh, responsibilities. We we're paying some bills. Now time for myself, Lauren Cox, Nick Moriano, to have our roundtable discussion previewing week one between our beloved Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. So here we are. We are 48 hours away as we're recording this from kickoff. Actually, it's 8 o'clock right now, so by this time, 48 hours from now, we should be about 14 nothing up in the first quarter uh, against the uh, Green Bay Packers and, and smashing Aaron Rodgers into the turf uh, as he deserves to be repeatedly over and over again. Uh, and joining me to, 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 to in this unorthodox discussion, I don't usually do previews this way for the, for the show, but we decided to do something a little different. And we're going to do a little roundtable discussion uh, with some hosts from other Chicago Bears podcasts. Uh, of course, joining us, as always, is our good friend Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. Appreciate you having me on. And our new friend from the Chicago Audible, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, this should be good. Uh, you know, I've been looking forward to this ever since I stole the idea from uh, Brad Motter. Uh, from Locked on Rams. He did this about two weeks ago where he gathered up other Rams podcast hosts and kind of did their own uh, little summit thing. So I thought I would raise the stakes and instead of just talking about the team in general and the offseason and all that. Let's talk about Bears Packers and this game that and, and this date that we've all had circled on our calendars since. I mean, this game was announced before the schedule even came out. So we as Bear fans and even those lowly Packer fans have been waiting for this day longer than anybody else. How are you guys feeling 48 hours out? Lauren, you go first. I'm excited and I'm, I'm so happy to be done talking about the bottom of the roster, practice squad, fourth running backs and fifth linebackers and Amen. sixth cornerbacks and just to get to some real football, to see the starters, the stars, the playmakers and most importantly just sort of answer the questions that have just been lingering all offseason, everything we've been talking about since free agency and since the draft and all the different changes that have come to this team, now we get to see some real answers on Thursday. So I, I couldn't be more excited. How about it, Nick? Yeah, I have to agree with Lauren there because it seemed like this preseason was even longer than last year's when they had five games. There were right. only four games this year, but it just seemed like it took forever. I'm glad that's finally over. We can actually talk about football that matters. So this Thursday night game, obviously we're all very excited for it, but I'm glad it's finally here. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, and, and we all thought that last year's offseason, waiting to find out what this team was going to look like with, with Matt Nagy, the brand-new offense that, that couldn't have been any worse than what Dole Loggins was putting on the field in 2017. Uh, you know, all the new talent that we signed in free agency with Robinson and Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel – uh, and such, maybe waiting to see how Jordan Howard would be able to contribute with a wide rec with a passing option 
added to the offense as opposed to running into a brick wall of humanity for every single down in 2017 and such. And then, of course, the log on the fire there being that's eight days before we played the Packers, Khalil Mack was acquired uh, as well. You would think that last year would be the more anticipated year when, you know, you're right, Nick. I couldn't, this one felt like twice as long as the one for 2018 did because we got that taste, that tease in 2018 of what this football team looks like and we've added to that and are you know theoretically anyway supposed to be better now than we were a year ago absolutely and you got to remember i think as bears fans we're all a little deprived of the football from last season because it ended a little early the the yes. double doink i mean come on that team should have definitely gone past that wild card round against the eagles and that's why this this season is much anticipated and, you know, you're right, and Lauren and I talked about this. He joined me for my urine review show shortly after that game uh, ended. And my disappointment, you know, it, it wasn't even so much that we lost the game, which obviously was soul-crushing all in itself, but I told him, and I've said many times before then, I wasn't done watching that team play yet. I wasn't done watching them do what they could do, and everything just seemed to cut short, which is why, like, when they scanned everybody's face on the sidelines after the missed kick, you know, Akeem Hicks, uh, you know, Matt Nagy, and several others became memes overnight because of their reaction to Parkey missing that, that kick and everything. I mean, Lauren, you heard me say it before. Like, I wasn't done watching this team play, and I think that hurt more than actually losing the game. Yeah, and now it almost feels like, we don't quite get to see what that team will be, would be able to do just because of the changes that we've seen this offseason. Not that it's going to be drastically different, but it's not Chuck, you know, it's not Vic Fangio's defense anymore. It's not Jordan Howard in the backfield anymore. And there's just not quite the exact same cast of characters. And it's not that it's going to be a, a worse cast of characters, but you kind of wonder, like, you know, with everything that was special about the group that they had, you know, combined last season and really sort of put forth. Can this next group be just as special or, or even more special? I mean, what what is it sort of going to be the dynamic of the 2019 team? Is it going to have the same magic as the 2018 team? Will it be a different magic? Will, it, will it, you know, better or worse might be hard to feel you know, from a feeling standpoint, might be hard to see, but certainly wins and losses are going to be the measuring stick there. Right, and I think that's a good place to to start. And one of the, the key themes for all the Bears detractors this offseason has been regression. What would you consider regression to be, Nick? I mean, would, would you measure it by wins and losses? Would you measure it from being number one in defense to dropping to 10th or, you know, anything like that? What would regression mean to you for these Bears? I think overall, I think regression, a lot of people talk about regression in terms of this defense taking a step back because Vic Fangio is no longer the defensive coordinator. I'm telling just from what I saw at training camp being there the eight days that I was there, it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Yes, it's training camp and you're seeing not seeing everything that you'll actually see on game day. But I think that's where people expect their regression to be, where this unit's not able to create the number of turnovers, the 36 turnovers that led the league or get the 27 interceptions that also led the league. And, you know, that's fine if the Bears don't do that. But that doesn't mean they still can't be the number one unit this season. So I think that's what people think in terms of regression for the Bears, that it's going to be in that aspect on the defensive side because Vic Fangio left and now Chuck Pagano is coming in and filling that role. But I honestly just don't see it happening at the the point that people are trying to make it where it's this huge, huge deal. Chuck Pagano knows his stuff. Yes, Vic Fangio 
obviously he's a great defensive coordinator, but you have great players on that defense. Yeah, and Lauren, you and I talked about that uh, once before. Like, what would a regression be? Is like, well, they won twelve games last year. Repeating that is going to be difficult uh, to do. Would regression be fewer losses? Would it be a step down uh, on defense? Would it be you know Trubisky not measuring up in in year two uh, in the system? What would regression be? Well, regression does go two ways, right? The idea is the, the phrase is regression toward the mean, meaning closer to what averages and what might be expected you know statistically most probable so you know that would be turnovers in the way that nick mentioned that it's rare for teams to really repeat the drastic number of turnovers the bears had last season but you could also see other ways that the team goes back toward average in a positive way you know there were there were throws last season that mitchell trubisky wasn't able to hit that you would expect you know, a quarterback to be able to hit, you know, most quarterbacks in the NFL can hit, you know, some dump offs to running backs here and there that occasionally Mitchell Trubisky would sail, whether it was a mechanical issue or pressure in the pocket. But for whatever reason, you know, there are opportunities for Mitchell Trubisky to be better as he gets closer to the mean in that regard. You know, there were games when the Bears just couldn't run the ball at all offensively. Right. You know, some of it was Matt Nagy maybe getting away from the running game, but separate discussion, you could still get closer to the mean in that regard with a better running game offensively and defensively. You know, there were times when Roquan Smith, still a, a rookie that's learning where he fits defensively and what he can reach with his speed and what he needs to take different angles to. So there's room for him to get better in that regard. So I, th I think, you know, this idea of coming back toward the mean can be a drop off in some areas defensively, but can also be an improvement on both sides of the ball. Well, see, that's why you hang out with journalism majors, because you learn things about words and stuff. So I thought regression <laughs> was a bad thing. You know, I thought it was a bad thing. But according to Lauren Cox, regression can be a good thing as well. So we don't have to be afraid of that word anymore, kids. Regression can also be a good thing. So there's that. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate that. <laughs> so let's look at this roster real quick, guys, because... Um, you know, Lauren, I've been, uh, you know, listening to Locked on Bears and, and your thoughts are pretty much in step with mine as far as surprises and travesties and such. And that, uh, you know, when we look at this final roster, Nick, uh, anything that you saw on the roster, who stayed, who left, who was on the practice squad, that kind of thing that kind of blew your mind when you saw it? Not necessarily. Um, there weren't really any shocking moves there. Seeing Jonathan Bullard go, I, I think that was a move that a lot of people were actually expecting because we just hadn't seen much production out of him. So really that wasn't a surprising move. But in terms of how the roster was constructed, there wasn't anything too glaring. I'm surprised that they didn't bring maybe someone else for that swing tackle position because that is a position right now if the Bears were to you know lose one of the stars and probably 31 other teams, they'd be in a bad spot. But at, in terms of how the roster kind of shaped up, not really too surprised of it with it because, again, this roster was pretty solidified at, from last season. Yes, right. some guys left, but there really weren't a key. There weren't a lot of holes that needed to be fixed as maybe kicker was the biggest issue and looks like the Bears for now are going with, you know, Eddie Pinheiro. But I wasn't too surprised of how this roster kind of shaped up. So you, like Lauren and myself, weren't blown away by the fact that we kept Cornelius Lucas over Alex Bars in the end? That may be the one where you're kind of shaking your head because, you know, Cornelius Lucas, what did he really show just even in the preseason games? And when Alex Bars went out to left tackle, 
arguably he was the best tackle that night, and there was a lot of bad tackle play. But that that maybe would be the most surprising one. Obviously, Alex Bars did end up on on the practice squad, but yeah, that one was a little surprising. Yeah, I I would think that as a former offensive lineman myself, Cornelius Lucas violated the number one rule of offensive linemen, and that is to give anyone a reason to learn your name. Like if that I mean if on this you know as far as you know yeah. regression being a positive and a negative, there's a positive and a negative to anyone knowing an offensive lineman's name, and he was the one that was violating the rule of everyone learning his name because of how god-awful garbage he was through the entire preseason. I mean, his play was so bad, he's got people out there wishing that we kept Tyler Bray over Chase Daniel because this guy was the main reason Chase Daniel was under fire the entire preseason. Absolutely. I, I'm so glad the Tyler Bray talk is done and over with, too. Yes. You see Bears fans over-exaggerating that Tyler Bray is you know, the next best quarterback. Thank goodness that talk is done. You're on board with that, right, uh, Lauren? Yeah, Tyler Bray was this year's, what, Dan LaFever, Matt Blanchard. <laughs> uh, and it, it was funny because Bray's been around and he was here last year. and yeah. He played so terribly in the first couple preseason games. But all it takes is one or two fourth quarters where you light it up and all of a sudden, man, you're the next best thing. Right. Well, I mean, like I said about Chase Daniel, he obviously did not have – a good preseason you can't put that all on him because he was constantly running for his life the guy couldn't even finish a drop he's got somebody in his face or running him down or batting a ball or or something like that and it just seemed like Tyler Bray had enough time to finally settle down and make better throws because he did look better this year than he did last year but there's no way he was ever taking the job from Daniel but you know, we as Bear fans who are suckers for good quarterback play, all of a sudden, Tyler Bray did a couple of things that Chase Daniel didn't, and people were calling for Ryan Pace's head because he kept Daniel instead of Bray. So, I, 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 yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't quite wrap my head around that. But the whole thing with, with Cornelius Lucas over Alex Bars, and then Bars not making the team, risking putting, you know, getting claimed on waivers, and now he's on the practice squad where he is a constant threat to be picked up by virtually any team at any time, which would put the Bears in a position to have to make a move if we want to keep him, a move that we probably should have made in the first place, Nick. Yeah, no, that is a good point there. And, I mean, I guess, right. look, you have to trust what Ryan Pace and this Bears coaching staff knows about just how things like that work. But, yeah, you wouldn't want to see someone like Alex Bars, who does definitely have potential and obviously has that connection with Harry Heastan, go just because you didn't want to put him on the roster and put a Cornelius Lucas. I guess, you know, another surprise now that I'm looking at this 53-man roster, I wasn't anticipating six inside linebackers right. making the initial roster. I thought James Vodders did enough in this preseason to earn himself a spot with the Bears only having four outside linebackers. And obviously Kylie Fitz did not make it, was uh, cut. But I thought that was, a. I guess, going back to your initial question about surprises, that kind of surprised me a bit too. Here's a question, or, or see what you guys think of this theory. And it's a pretty wild theory, so just bear with me. But I've kind of got the feeling that, uh, you know, based on the decisions that were made versus what we saw on the field in preseason and the, the number of guys that didn't play versus the ones that did, it almost felt like playing in the preseason was more of a punishment than anything else as, as far as 2019. Uh, is concerned because you look at week one against the Panthers Roquan Smith played Eddie Goldman played haha Clinton Dix was 
was out there. They go out there. They mix it up. Golden makes a tackle. Roquan Smith makes a sack. We never see him again. David Montgomery, he plays a bit, scores a touchdown, does some things that make us think he was out there for 20 carries and 150 yards when it was six touches for 46 yards. That's how, how awesome he was in, in those uh, few touches. We never see him uh, again. And it just seemed like they were doing all of their main evaluations in practice. If you impressed in practice, they didn't have to waste you in the preseason. If you didn't play well in the preseason, you have to go out there and earn your spot on this team. Is that crazy of a conspiracy theory idea that I'm having, or does it some of it may at least make a little bit of sense? I might push back on that just a little bit. Okay. I, I think there's some of that, particularly with the younger players, but as I kind of look over the snap counts from the preseason, it, it felt to me like it the, the preseason games were reserved for guys that they were still trying to evaluate, sure. that they, they weren't seeing enough from, from practice. So, like, for example, like Kevin Pierre-Lewis, the, the veteran linebacker who came in, like, May, I think it was even after the draft when they signed him, he stuck on as the fifth or sixth linebacker on the inside there. He ended up only playing about 31 preseason snaps, and, and he was new to the team, but they just didn't, they didn't need a ton of snaps to really be able to evaluate where he was because he had played under Matt Nagy in the past, although the other side of the ball, and had been a pretty consistent special teams player in his career, whereas Josh Woods plays the second most snaps of any player on the team because they just really wanted to see what he was capable of and, and give him as many snaps to be able to have as long of an evaluation as possible. So Woods is able to use that playing time to earn that spot as the sixth linebacker, whereas Kevin Pierre-Lewis wasn't really given any playing time to try and prove or disprove himself, and he was sort of just, you know, he was basically just allowed in on the 53-man on roster with, not too many questions asked in that regard. And like offensively, Alex Bars plays the most snaps of any offensive player on the team, you know, really trying to see what he is capable of at, at tackle and guard and, and seeing what kind of different levels of play he can get. Whereas, you know, guys like Tanner Gentry hardly play and some of your tight ends really fluctuated quite a bit in playing time. And it just seemed like the team sort of knew, you know, they, they knew already whether they were going to keep or not keep the guys that they didn't play very much and were playing the guys a lot that they really wanted to make sure whether or not they wanted to keep them. Well, where my, my theory came into play was more about the guys that made the team versus those that didn't. Like Cornelius Lucas must have really been tearing it up in practice to be kept over Alex Pars because the preseason game would not preseason games would not justify that. James Vauders doesn't make the team but Isaiah Irving did when I thought Vodders outplayed uh, Isaiah Irving. That's that's kind of where that idea came from, that I think the main evaluations are being made in practice and the preseason games were there to kind of add to what you what you couldn't show in practice. Now you've got an opportunity to show it here uh, in a game uh, situation because I, I guess it was more the Cornelius Bars or in the Lucas Bars thing because I can't wrap my head around the idea of A, that happening, and B, Harry, he stand being on board with it, to be completely honest with you. But it, it, it is what it is. And, it, you know, I know it's a crazy theory. Nick, what do you think about it? Uh, you know what? I think it can go both ways. Like, obviously, you guys are saying you definitely see, especially, like I said earlier, this roster was pretty set before this preseason began. And you're kind of just looking for those last guys that can really contribute on the special teams. You're not looking, obviously, for anybody that's going to actually contribute uh, a, a fundamental amount of time in this 2019 season. But it is interesting that you bring up Lucas and then obviously Bars. But also, I think with this preseason and how Matt Nagy has approached it, it's really, I think, eventually going to change how other teams really 
handle the preseason and what they're really doing with some of those players that are at the edge on the bubble outside looking in kind of guys. But it is interesting in itself with who makes it and why they actually make it. Because like you said, Lucas did not show anything in the preseason to show that he deserved a spot on the roster other than his position kind of being one that the bears needed at that time. Right. And I I wonder if it's like a body of work thing for a lot of these guys. Sure. Yeah. Wanting some, some veterans on the bench here mm-hmm. rather than taking some rookies who maybe they don't feel as comfortable with that. You know, Cornelius Lucas has played NFL games before coming to the Bears, whereas Alex Bars has not. And like you look uh, defensively, you keep Isaiah Irving, who's played games for the Bears and, and has had meaningful re- regular season snaps, whereas James Vauders, not so much. And, you know, cornerback Kevin Tolliver sticks because he's been in the organization and has played some games, whereas guys like Michael Joseph and Jonathan Franklin, who I have played even better than Tolliver at times this preseason. They just don't stick around there. So I, I think for the most part, body work seemed to be the, the key factor there. But then that doesn't explain Anderson Abdullah sticking over Jonathan Bullard on the defensive line. So it's not a foolproof theory. Right. N- none of these theories are, to be honest with you. Just mm-hmm. kind of throwing something out there. You know, like I said, I, I kind of hit the roof when I saw Cornelius Lucas on the 53-man roster and we're risking losing Alex Bars for nothing you know, like when you put those two 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 players together, and uh, it, it it support your theory supports better than mine, Lauren. I'll admit that for sure. You got a body of work. Or, you know, Lucas is a veteran, has been around the block a couple of times, whereas Alex Barr probably even still has questions about the knee. Maybe that's why they put him out there so much to see how healthy he actually was. Is that knee up to par? Can it handle a sixty minute game? That kind of thing. So maybe that's what the whole uh, situation uh, was about uh, there. And, and, and Nick, you're right that this roster was pretty much set before they even opened the doors at Bourbonnet, uh for training camp. So we really were just looking for like the last 10 guys or so to fill out the spot. But, you know, it, it's because of the way preseason is being handled these days that we're actually having this conversation in the first place. Because usually the tradition for my show anyway is that we have a Green Bay Packer person or whoever our opponent is to help preview uh the you know our opponent and what we can expect and all that kind of stuff but with a new new head coach a new offense and the Matt Nagy slash Sean McVay style of preseason these days there's nothing for us to talk about with the Packers and everything Aaron Rodgers barely played if he played at all and they showed nothing or or close to nothing as far as the the you know I think it was Devontae Adams that said we saw the PG version of the offense and now we're going to see the x-rated version of it on thursday night when they really open up the book and hit us hit us with something because the vanilla preseason is what it is that's why i want to talk to you guys and, and we'll we'll focus on the bears as opposed to bringing in the packers and basically regurgitating a conversation i had with my packers guy about two months ago so it's because of the preseason that we're we're kind of doing it this way and how are you guys feeling about that? Like, is this okay with you being a trend? I mean, as football fans, we're happy that football is back, but as Bear fans, we are dying to see Khalil Mack hit somebody, and we've had to wait an extra month as opposed to what would usually be the tradition. Lauren? Well, I I struggled to get too, I don't want to say fired up about it, because I, I do uh, think Matt Nagy is right that I would I would much rather see Khalil Mack stay healthy all preseason, and oh, I, sure. can, I can sacrifice not getting to see him until September, what, 5th is the day? But you know what I mean? Early September every season, you know, it's worth it to me to, to get 
as close to a 16-game regular season of, of every player as possible. So in that regard, you know, that's one end of it. And the other thing, too, is I, I feel like in the upcoming collective bargaining agreement, there's probably going to be some kind of change to preseason in some way, whether they cut to two preseason games or restructure it, however they're going to do it. I have a feeling the preseason is going to end up mattering even less, and, and whether that means the regular season starts sooner or the playoffs go deeper, it sounds like we're, we're going to end up getting more meaningful football in the long run, so I'm willing to sit through boring preseason games. Yeah, same here. And because when I look at the preseason and how teams approach it, they're not necessarily game planning for the opponent. So how much is an offense or a defense really improving upon if you put Mitch out there going against a defense that's running maybe these base kind of defenses you could do that on air or against your own defense and I think that's why you know Matt Nagy did have this this uh scripted and scheduled practice between the offense and defense like it was actually a game atmosphere I think that's more beneficial than anything than going out in these meaningless preseason games and running against guys that might not even be playing in the league so I think I, I like that approach. It keeps the Bears starters healthy. We saw what happened. in We saw some injuries in Green Bay that happened in the preseason right. that had this been the Bears, people are going to be asking for Matt Nagy's head if Anthony Miller goes out, things like that. So I'm perfectly fine with the approach. Yes, it prolongs us seeing Cleo Mack and the starters out there. But if it means the longevity of the Bears' health is in you know good faith, then I'm all for it. Yeah, no, and and I agree with that. You know, in in if I'm being honest, I absolutely uh, agree with it. I, I I like the the peace of mind and comfort that came with watching the preseason, knowing that we weren't going to because of the preseason, we weren't going to be like the Packers a few years ago and watch Jordy Nelson twist his knee and blow out his ACL mm-hmm. in a meaningless preseason week two game or anything like that. Like, well, hell, even the Packers lost uh, Equinemia St. Brown. Uh, with a broken ankle for the year, uh, you know, a week or two ago, uh, he was looked upon to be a good, you know, or at least I think one of their top three or four uh, receivers uh, this year. He's done for the season, so they're kind of scrambling to find out who that third or fourth guy is going to be now, and uh, and things like that. And and you know, we've seen teams like the the Texans lose Lamar Miller for the season. They had to go out and make a crazy set of trades to try to shore up their football team and everything so it's like Matt Nagy's on the right side of this thing and we're going to be as healthy as we possibly can be going into Thursday night but at this point you know here we are less than 48 hours away I kind of feel like that pit bull tied to the chain you know and it's just uh, the 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 chain is taut you know all I needed for somebody to set me loose and turn me loose on football again because I can't wait to see it Thursday night can't get here fast enough and I know we've all been saying that since April when the schedule came out but it's so close you can probably taste it and when you circle back to the even to the regression word that we talked about earlier injuries is is another one of those areas where the Bears were pretty well above average in how healthy they stayed last year and and maybe 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 that's a credit to whatever the sports medicine staff and the team is doing in their, their training regimens under Matt Nagy and how they're handling players. And maybe that is the new norm because we didn't really know what to expect from that under Matt Nagy. But you think back to like the John Fox era and how bad injuries were there. When you talk about regressing back toward the mean, obviously they, they had nowhere to go from, but up from Fox. So, right. you know, that sort of regression in the positive direction. And now with Matt Nagy, maybe we'll see a, f- a few more injuries as they regress more toward average in that regard. But that was obviously a huge factor behind a 12 and 4 season last year and i think we've all got our fingers crossed that they can avoid anything drastic injury wise and it doesn't seem like they have a team that's got uh, 
too many guys with major concerns in that way, but those things kind of pop up out of nowhere, and you never know who it's going to be, and, and maybe Ryan Pace's depth will be tested. Maybe, and, and you know, you're absolutely right about that, and, and um, you know, the, the, the offense and the injuries kind of went hand-in-hand hand last year. Going into 2018, the thought on both was they couldn't be any worse than they had been in, in 2017. Hell, the entire John Fox era, we led the league in injured reserve players, you know, like the, the football team that was on injured reserve at the end of the year, like, boy, if we could have had those guys on the field and <laughs> we maybe would have won seven games instead of four or, you know, or whatever it was during the John Fox era uh, and things like that. It was, it was amazing. You look at the list of injured reserve and those were the guys that we won on the field, not, you know, the, the Matt Barkley's and, and Brian Hoyer's of the world. We wanted the, for, forgive me for saying we want the Jay Cutler's of the world out there, uh, on the field so it was uh it, it definitely was a mess and it couldn't have gotten any worse um but you know like you said lauren regression can be a good or a bad thing it was a great thing last year as we regressed towards the meme and above it last year uh we, we regressed past that is that possible with using the definition there regression above past the mean or whatever am I, <laughs> how am i doing with that I just it, it's, it's all about how over time everything tends to get closer to average the right. more inputs you have so there's not not quite not quite. All right. Well, who cares? You know, it's we're having fun here. So, Nerd. <laughs> so, so anyway, guys, we we got Thursday night. We're upcoming with 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 Green Bay. Obviously, this has been a huge, huge game uh, today to commemorate the 100 season. Uh, the Bears unveiled the Papa Bear Hallis statue and the Walter Payton statues. Did either of you see the ceremony today? No, I didn't get a chance. I was at work as it was happening. Yeah, I didn't watch it live either, but I had read some of the quotes afterwards, and I saw some of the pictures with Jarrett Payton and, and Brittany and th- that whole family, too. It looked great. Yeah, I was I was also at work, but I also kind of, you know, streamed it on my phone while it was <laughs> going go. on. So, you I know, know I, yeah, I get I listen to podcasts at work all day, so I had my headphones on, so there was no reason for anyone to think that I, I wasn't listening to a podcast and just happened to sit there and watch Hampton and, and Ditka and Joniak and everybody say their piece and, uh, uh, you know, unveil the uh, the statues. So I think they got better pictures of the sweetness statue than than what they were showing during the actual ceremony, because if you look at it up close, you can see sweetness's face. You can see the 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 C logo on the helmet. You can read 34 on his chest from the from the shot that they were showing during the stream uh, event. It just looked like some dude with a football. In his hand, you, you you couldn't read the number on his chest. You couldn't see the C on the helmet. You couldn't see that it was clearly uh, Walter Payton or anything. So at first glance, you don't really get a high opinion of it, especially since they un- unveiled Papa Bear first, and it definitely looks like George Hallis. Um, but how could it not? He's not wearing a uniform or a helmet uh, or anything. But it's like to look at Sweetness, like knee-jerk reaction is kind of disappointing. But when you actually get to see it up close and everything, like, oh, God. The sculptor actually did nail it, so uh, he did a very good job uh, on the um, on the uh, statues. And you know, for someone who was actually alive when Sweetness was, well, you guys are both born when the nineties, nineties, yeah, both of you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I was actually in the stadium when Walter Payton broke Jim Brown's rushing oh, wow. record. I was there, so. Nice. Yeah, That's I'm, awesome. I'm an old guy compared to you two, and I was definitely <laughs> I was there. I got to see Sweetness play at least three or four times. Uh, before he hung it up in uh, 87. So, you know, to to be able to see him back in Soldier Field where he belongs was definitely a uh, was definitely a great moment. And hopefully we can honor him on Thursday 
with a victory against the Green Bay Packers. How are we feeling about going into this game? Are we still is it still like the unknown that's kind of clouding our our thoughts about what could happen in this game just because we haven't seen anything in preseason and even more so we know even less about Green Bay this year than we did going into it last year. That's true, and I think there's a lot of unknowns going into this game. We don't know what Matt LaFleur is bringing on that offensive side of the ball with the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Chuck Pagano is now the defense coordinator, but this is a good Bears football team, and I think you just have to be confident with how they played last year, what they're bringing this year. You still have Khalil Mack on the defense. You still have a great unit that continuity is still there. Your offensive line set, and you're just thinking that Mitch Trubisky is going to take this next step with Matt Nagy in year two, that you have to be feeling confident in what the Bears are bringing on Thursday night, uh, you know, 100 season. There's going to be just so much excitement in that stadium that regardless, I mean, obviously we know what Aaron Rodgers can do. He's been a Bears killer for years. Yeah. But I like the Bears in this matchup, and especially with the injuries at the inside linebacker position that the Packers have right now, you got to think that David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and Mike Davis are going to have a big day. Lauren, how are you feeling about it? You know, what really put me over the top for this was talking to Packers fans. I, I live in Wisconsin, and I, I've been talking to the host of Lockdown Packers on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And, like, Packers fans are are coming around on the Bears and, yeah. and having some of their concerns about Green Bay. Not that it's concerns as it is more unknowns. That, that It's not purely like, oh, yeah, Matt LaFleur is going to make this Packers again a top-five offense, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be MVP, and the Packers defense is going to be back. It's sort of like, well, hold on. The Bears are still really good, and we still don't know what exactly the Packers are going to be. And to, to sort of get that perspective from Packers fans, and perhaps they're the more the more reasonable and, and not so uh, hot-headed and meatball homer Packer fans or anything, but still, like to, to sort of get that from the other side is just sort of affirms it for me that, yeah, this, this bears team should feel good going into this game. They should feel like the favorites. They are the betting favorites, but they should feel like, especially given how well they played against green Bay last year should have beat them twice. A lot of things happened at the end of that first one. There's a lot of reason to be confident in the bears team this year. There's a lot more proven underneath. Whereas last year it was still like, okay, just how good are these guys? Are they just beating up on some teams at some points in the year? Are they getting an injured Aaron Rodgers? You know, there's there's always sort of these different qualifiers you could throw with the Bears last season, but a lot of those qualifiers are gone. Right, absolutely. And and I think it's um, the the other big difference between this last year and this year would be the whole would be like the the St. the St. Louis. I, I still every time I still call them the St. Louis Rams. The Los Angeles Rams is in 2017. They were happy to be there. In 2018, they were expected to be there. So for us last year, we were happy to be there, happy to win 12 games, happy to make it to a playoff, happy to, to host a playoff game. Coming into 2019, we're expected to be back where we were, well, depending on who you're talking to. Talk to Sports Illustrated, we're finished in 7-9 and nine and be last in the division. <laughs> I get Sports Illustrated is supposed to be a respected you know, uh, you know, periodical and such. 7-9, and nine, really? Where was it ESPN? Actually, it was both, wasn't it? Both of them think the Bears are going to be terrible this year? So Sports Illustrated's Andy Benoit was one specific oh. writer handled their their preview for that and then had them there. And then ESPN ran a – they used their football power index, and they ran 20,000 simulations of the season, and then they picked one at random to sort of expound upon. And in that one, they had the Bears falling behind the Packers a little bit. Right. Just yeah. got to love – yeah, got to yeah. love that. Got to love that. <laughs> so, But anybody with a brain between their head, um, you know – 
there's virtually no difference between this team and and last year's team as ver- as far as talent is concerned or or the who are the major players on the team uh are going to be um because of Matt Nagy and the way that he handled the preseason I actually forgot until the Indianapolis game we have Cordero Patterson uh on the team because obviously we haven't seen him uh play it down uh for us yet you know we we have uh you know Adrian not Adrian Amos ha Clinton Dix replacing uh Adrian Amos and, and I'm anxious to see how he's going to you know, match up with with Eddie Jackson, his whole Alabama uh, backfield mate uh, and such. And, you know, there are a lot of questions out there, but I think there are more answers on the Bears side than on the Green Bay side, which is why, you know, I I don't think anyone would be would think that it'd be crazy for us to think the Bears are going to win this thing. No, I think it should be like Lauren was saying. It's like expected. Uh, I was also talking to a couple of Packers fans, and you just the respect around the Bears is real. They acknowledge that the Bears are a good football team, and it's because they are. They have a lot of talent on this roster. And you mentioned the questions. We just don't know what Green Bay is like at the, both the Smiths that they signed in the offseason. Obviously, they paid him a lot of money, but will they be able to produce? And there's just a lot of more question marks on this Packers team. Will LaFleur and Rodgers actually have a working relationship? I mean, there's just question marks there that are not on the Bears' side right now. Yeah, not to mention that it, it doesn't at all appear. Like, Matt Nagy doesn't seem like a one-year wonder, like, unfortunately, we've been through with – several coaches uh, over the years like Dick Duran had you know in a contract year of course the guy goes 13 and 3 and takes the Bears uh, to the playoff only to crap the bed the other two three years that we kept him before we tossed him uh, to the side Dave Wanstatt even though his records were mediocre he got the Bears to the playoffs during his his run as well obviously Lovey was far and far and uh, beyond but better than both of those guys but also you know kind of fit the similar trend he paired 2005 2006 together then we had his swan song in 2010 and then you know things working against him the last years before he was shown the door <laughs> let's not even talk about Tressman and fox i mean that's not even worth the time but they both had moments but they didn't have seasons like those other guys uh did and here we are with with matt Nagy and and with ryan pace backing him up seemingly having you know more luck in the draft which has been killing the bears uh, over the years, the, the horrible drafts that Angelo had and the moves that, that he made. Ryan Pace had a lot more hits than than misses in his tenure uh, as general manager to have the Bears in the spot that they're in now. They are far more legitimate to repeat what they did a year ago than they ever have been in the past. So, um, But you guys talk about the, the level of respect that Packer fans are showing Bear fans, and since you're a couple of youngins, I can tell you from personal experience this is very much the trend that we saw in the early 90s when a guy named Brett Favre was helping the Packers make playoffs and stuff where it was they were the butthole of the NFL for so many years. And, you know, it was like the Green Bay Packers on the Bears schedule. That was, a, that was two W's every year no matter what. That's the team that Green Bay used to be as opposed to them being able to flip the script for the last quarter century because of the luck that they've had with the quarterback uh, position. And it seems like it's trending back in the uh, in the other way. So it's nice to it's been a long time, but it's nice to see that it's finally coming full circle. And uh, you know, it's right. The football gods are writing this uh, uh, for us. So we're you know, just real quick, let's talk about some of the things that have been lucky for the Bears that usually have gone against us. The most recent thing being their pursuit and unfortunate, you know, and actually fortunate 
that they did not uh, get their hands on uh, Kari Vedvik. Like in the past, that would have been something the Bears would have gone in. They'd have got the guy. They'd have given up too much and then had it turn into what it happened to be for Minnesota. In the, in the past, that used to be us that made the wrong move just about every single time, and it seems like we're dodging those bullets now. And I don't know if you saw, I want to say it was Arthur Arkush from Pro Football Weekly had sort of laid out how the Minnesota Vikings has pretty well been the main catalyst for what happened for the Bears kicker position over the last, like, year and a half, or I guess sort of since the the Cody Parkey thing. It's like because the Vikings drafted Daniel Carlson last year in the, the fifth round or whatever and then released him, he ended up going to Oakland and kicking well, which allowed Oakland to trade Eddie Pinero to the Chicago Bears and you know get him in the building. And then, of course, Minnesota trades for Kari Vedvik and doesn't, you know, and outbids the Bears, who had also offered a fifth round pick to try and get him. And all of a sudden, they they set the Bears up with their kicker. They keep the Bears from making mistakes by trading for other kickers and leaves the Bears feeling pretty good. And the, the Vikings are still scrambling to figure out what their special teams is even going to look like. Right. And and one other one other move that I that I like to look at would be the whole the Packers leapfrogging us in the 2016 draft to draft Jason Spriggs which apparently the Bears were prepared to do they take him the Bears trade down land Cody Whitehair who we just signed to a five-year extension Jason Spriggs cut by the Green Bay Packers uh, in this uh, preseason so it's like that used to be the thing that would happen the Bears would go and get their guy maybe you know we beat the Packers to the punch only to have them, only to be punching ourselves in the face afterwards because the guy that Green Bay quote unquote settled for ended up being ten times better than the guy the Bears uh, ended up going for. So that's where I kind of feel like the tide is finally turning, and that it's not all just a fluke that we were able to put it together for one year in 2018. So as we go into this, uh, into the into the game, do, does anybody have a uh, score prediction that they want to throw out there? Yeah, I just oh, go ahead, Lauren. No, you're fine. I had a feeling that was going to happen eventually. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I just wrapped up a podcast uh, with Will at the Chicago Audible, and I honestly think just looking at both these rosters and what's kind of going into this game, I think the Bears should – a lot of these games have been close in the past, and that's be, to be expected with the Bears and Packers. But I think this is one where the Bears just win convincingly. I have 31 to 20. The Bears just kind of come out on on their home field – and Matt Nagy, he put Charles Leno Jr. at wide receiver in the first matchup in 2018 to start off you know, that season. I can only imagine that he's going to be even more creative now that the offense has that more the, the chemistry at, with Mitch Trubisky and everyone's just kind of in sync. I just think that the Bears are going to come out and just punch the Packers right in the mouth. I, I feel like both teams are going to throw some obviously some unscouted looks. There's some new things for the bears to do defensively. There's a lot of new things for the Packers to do offensively. And, you know, maybe the, each other's knows the opposite. You know, they know Matt Nagy's offense a little bit better and they know uh, Mike Pettin's defense a little bit better. So there's some, a little bit less of that there, but I, I'm wondering if, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit sloppy for both teams because they haven't really played much in the preseason. So that, that could be a, a slower start in that regard. And I, I don't know that it, I, I personally feel a little bit lower scoring. I, I still think the Bears are going to win, but I think I think Green Bay will keep it pretty close. So I'm thinking something like 21-17, where it, you know, maybe the Bears pull ahead to like a 21-10 or a 21-7 type of lead, and the Packers bring it up closer toward the end. But I, I still think the Bears will come out on top, and it, it's it's close enough that it's not it's not too one-sided, but it's not leaving the Bears too scared by the end either. Well, let me tell you there, fellas, um, 
I'm going to go with Bears 61, Packers 2. And that two points comes early on. James Daniel snaps one over Trubisky's head for a safety. But after that, the Bears settled down for 61 unanswered points, including a 78-yard field goal from Eddie Pinero, who kicked it with his left foot. I mean, that's how I see it. Like, he was so tired of kicking extra points with his right foot, he decided to give it a shot with the, with the left foot, and it goes right through the uprights for an NFL record. And I want to dedicate this stupid voice to my good friend Liberty Jake on Twitter, who says he hates the super fans' voice as much as I hate orange jerseys. So if you have, if I have to suffer through those goddamn orange jerseys, you got to suffer through the super fans. Bears sixty-one, Packers two. So there you go. That's a good impression. That's, that's, that's great. That's I've, great. You know, I've been listening to that since before you guys were born, obviously, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was there in 91 when they put it on SNL for the for the first time. So, uh, yeah, I've had some practice uh, with it. Not to mention I got to, uh, you know, uh, you know, sharpen my steel on that with the uh, the recent uh, Peyton Manning video uh, they put out. Did you guys see that? That was amazing. Yeah. Like dunking his face into the Italian beef juice. And then he comes (laughs) up. He's got the mustache and the sunglasses on. That was great. That really was. But if I'm if I'm being me. Um, I'm leaning more towards uh, Nick's prediction than, than Lauren's. I was thinking more of like a 28 uh, to 17, 28, 13, somewhere in that uh, area. Like I think that Lauren is right is that things will be slow in the beginning, maybe even sloppy would probably be more of an appropriate word for what we'll see out there. Guys are rusty, haven't not playing real football in quite some time. But I think that once things settle down around midway around the second quarter, we'll start seeing who these teams are, and, and I think – the Bears being the better team, they will emerge uh, victorious um, week one. So that's probably where I would, uh, where I am going uh, with that one. I anticipate, very, uh, I anticipate a very peaceful sleep on Thursday night as opposed to destroying half of my living room like I did last year as Devontae Adams ran down the sidelines for an 80-yard touchdown, one play removed from Kyle Fuller dropping a game-winning interception. So, but... Uh, we won't talk about that uh, it's anymore. It's guaranteed to not be as heartbreaking. as like, I don't think you can get back to that level at all. You can maybe match it, but you can't get any worse. So you know it's only up from last year. Right. A regression towards the mean for, 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 for that, right, Lauren? Yeah, the end of the game. You're right. There you go. Um, so, guys, uh, this, has been, this has been great. This has been a, a lot of fun. You know, overall, if you guys want to take a prediction for where the season uh, is going to go like if you want to talk records go ahead otherwise where do you see the 2019 bears uh finishing up who wants to go first i'll, I'll take okay go ahead no nope, you got it lauren <laughs> oh, that would come i i'm expecting slightly fewer wins but maybe even a better team and sure. uh, just because schedule looks more difficult the division looks more difficult i think those are almost the same exact talking point. The schedule is more difficult because the division looks like it'll be more difficult. So, I, you know, I'm expecting maybe 11 wins, but, you know, Green Bay might also have 11 wins. And so whether that leaves you at first in the NFC North or second with tiebreakers, I, 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 don't, I can't really say at this point, but I certainly believe playoff team and a team that can advance beyond the first round without too much difficulty. But the difficulty is going to come in that middle stretch of the, the schedule where some real playoff teams are on there. So still double-digit wins, Still a trip to the playoffs, but maybe not quite 12 and four and, uh, you know, running away with the division. You know what? I'm anticipating either 11, 5, 12 and four when you have a stretch where you have the Saints, Chargers, and Eagles mm. right after your bye week. That is no easy task, but this is a good football team. And 
I think you should expect past the wild card round and making a deeper run to the playoffs because the Bears, you know, quite honestly should have done that last season. And yeah. we only expect better things to come from 2019. Yeah, I think I'm on board with you both, 11-5, and five, uh, 12 and 4. And I think we'll really know what we're in for with this team after the bye week. Because if there's one thing that Matt Nagy did not do well last year, it was getting this team ready to play after the bye. We lost week six against uh, Miami when we had our week five bye last year. Our little 10-day mini bye from Detroit to the Giants. We come out and we lose the game against the Giants. Both were road games nonetheless. We were 7-1 and one at home last year, but you know, we lost a game against two teams that we should have easily beaten and would have had we had a second bite at the apple with either uh, of those teams. So if that's one thing that the Bears need to work on or if Coach Nagy needs to work on this year is getting this team ready to come, to getting this team ready to play after the bye because we had slow starts, we made a lot of mistakes in both of those games, and it cost us victories, games we could have won, should have won, but didn't because we were coming or seemingly because we were coming off of uh off of the the bye so coming off the bye we got you know we got new orleans we got the chargers we got that road game at philadelphia after that three game stretch that's actually where the season cuts in half that philly game is game number eight uh for us we'll know where where do you guys see us at after the eight eight games you know six and two five and three where are you guys thinking there I think that six and two would be a good mark. That game against Denver is not going to be an easy task for the Bears. Denver's really good at home, especially early on in the season. But it, I, I would say, just looking at it, you got the Packers at Broncos, at Redskins, Vikings, at the Raiders. Yeah, I would say, I definitely say six and two would be a reasonable mark for the Bears uh, during that stretch. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty light stretch going into the week six bye week. You know, I think you're probably winning five out of those first six games, you know, four at, at the fewest. So then you go at to the Saints and the Chargers as the first two out of the bye week, you know, maybe you split those. So that leaves me about you know, about six and two, five and three seems about right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's where, uh, where I was kind of leaning towards there. But it's like coming off the bye, we got three straight playoff teams uh, afterwards. So we, we, uh, we don't have, you know, what, what should have been a, a, an easy game, you know, not, you know, just – it should have been a much easier game than it turned out to be with, with Miami, especially since a week later they got run off the field by the Lions. So it definitely wasn't good to look for us uh, to, for it to turn out the way it did against the Dolphins, only to have a, a lesser team come up and run them off their own field uh, a week later. So uh, definitely being more prepared after the bye would probably be the one note I could give Matt Nagy about everything else. Like I, I, couldn't, have, I couldn't have asked for... for for better it's like i think you know when laura and i talked before the season last year i think we both agreed we thought the bears were going to be better because matt Nagy was going to bring a more imaginative offense we had more weapons to play with i don't think anyone anticipated the effect that him and the culture that he created would have on the team because it just became so contagious guys were out there playing their hearts out just to go to club dub after the game because they couldn't wait to do that and celebrate with their teammates in the locker room and, and things like that. Like that's the kind of thing that he did that made the guys want to buy in that, you know, made guys like ha ha Clinton Dick sign for less money just so he could be a part of it for the, for the, for the one year and, and things like that. And where it was, Chicago was a joke. Chicago was where you went to get a paycheck when you couldn't get it from anyone else. 
Now Chicago is a destination that people will take less money and fight each other over to get to. And that's happened in a short period of time. It, it really has been remarkable, just a, a culture standpoint, a, an energy standpoint. That, you know, it just sort of reignites the city and the, the feeling around the team. I mean, not that the fan base ever wavered in terms of support at Soldier Field. Right. But I, I also feel like when you see these fans at Soldier Field and how loud and in, interactive they are, I mean, it's almost like they took it to this this higher level. It was always at a, at a very respectable level. But, you know, you talk about the doing boom at the opening kickoff that Chase Daniels trying to get him to do again and, and all those different things and being a part of the club dub feeling and, and really sort of echoing the the mantras of Matt Nagy and, and the sort of the phrases of the team like that. It, it really is special the way everything has come together. Yeah, it's just contagious. It's a good time to be a Bears fan, and I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, and I loved it when uh... – when Kyle Long had his little mishap with the uh, with the other defensive lineman, that uh, he said, "Well, you know, one of his closing lines when he was making a statement was, we 'We don't have turds on this team.'" And you know, I gotta agree with him on that. You don't, re- we don't have any bad character guys. We're not giving somebody a chance that nobody will give a chance to. A la the Raiders and and you know Richie Incognito and Tony O'Brown. They seem to be collecting those guys out there in Oakland, hoping that it will have its old magic. Uh, and, and play the way it did uh, back then. All of these guys, from the outside looking in, seem to like each other, enjoy playing with each other, and more importantly, enjoy playing for uh, each other. And I think that's, that's why Bear fans, us, uh, and, 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 and every other Bear fan alike, are so excited about what, uh, what is starting on Thursday night. So, guys, thanks so much uh, for doing this, Nick. Uh, where can we find you on social media, and uh, where can we find the show? Yeah, so you can follow me on my personal account on Twitter, at Nicholas Moriano, and, of course, follow the Chicago Audible on Instagram, Twitter, on YouTube, Facebook. So, yeah, that's where you can find all of our work, podcasts, articles that we'll have throughout the season. Lauren? Same kind of thing uh, on Twitter, at Cox Sports and the number one. You can read my work over at Bears Wire, and you can listen to the Locked On Bears podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, guys, this was great. This was a lot of fun. It was an experiment, and I think it went very well. And I hope to do it again in the future. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, thank you, Larry. All right, Nicholas Moriano from the Chicago Audible, Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears, previewing week one and beyond for our beloved Chicago Bears. Liberty Jake, I hope you like the shout-outs. And, uh, yeah, maybe don't mention me in orange jerseys in the future, and I won't have to put you on Front Street like that ever again. So I uh, want to thank Lauren and, and Nick for coming on to the show. I think the experiment went very well. Uh, I enjoyed the discussion and uh, am looking forward to uh, maybe doing it again sometime uh, down the line, maybe even bringing in another uh, one or two other guests to uh, join the discussion uh, with us and um, really looking forward to Thursday, guys. I don't think I can emphasize that enough. I, I've, I've only talked about September the 5th since April uh, when this game was announced and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, all, it's, it's all very exciting. And uh, I can't imagine what I'm going to be like to deal with on Thursday, especially when I'm at work and I know that leaving work will be 
will mean that I'm going home to watch the game. So uh, I've already decided I'm having pizza, not wings, for the game. Um, I've made a conscious decision about my eats uh, for for the game on Thursday night. I know exactly where I'm going to go. I'm going to order on my way home. By the time I get there, it'll be ready. Going to have some some the only decent Chicago deep dish pizza I've been able to find here uh, in Cedar Rapids. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to get it to go. Grab the box, scurry my ass home, get the pizza out there, get my bear slippers on, you know, throw my blanket over my over my legs there and and, and just get ready to uh, to record knee jerk reactions and, and praise the football gods uh, for being kind to the Bears for a change as we stomp uh, Green Bay into the ground. Uh, on Thursday night that would just be the perfect way for this all to start uh, I would enjoy that uh, oh so much I really really would so um, anyway I, I, I teased before about the the blue chew uh, ads and and things like that and um, listen a friend of mine uh, thought that I wasn't having enough fun with the blue chew ad so I challenged him to write blue chew copy for me to basically write the blue chew copy commercial for me and if it's fun then i'll read it if any of you want to get in on this then i can turn it into some kind of contest for you uh just reach out to me on twitter um at btu underscore uh larry uh reach out to me on facebook i will give you a copy of the ad read itself you go ahead and figure out a way to finagle all that stuff in there you know the bullet points and 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 whatnot and uh just have fun with it your own way make it bear themed you know theme it to whoever it is the bears are playing so next week it would be the broncos uh and such you have fun with it so i can have fun with it because i have been dreading us (laughs) hooking up with blue chew and these guys are everywhere. Uh, we do want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Uh, and, and I think that I will eventually get over the awkwardness of the product itself and have some fun with it. But maybe you guys can help me uh, with that. So if you want to get in on this, maybe there'll be a, you know, a sticker or something like that. I'll, I'll make it interesting uh, for you um, to, uh, to, to write the ad copy for me. My bookie, that's straightforward. I can handle that. That's no big deal. But uh, Blue Chew, help me out with that, you know, just help me out. I pretty much read it the same way all three times and, you know, try to have a little bit of fun here and there. But uh, you think you can do better? Let me know. Let me know. So reach out to me if you want to get in on this, and I'll see what what I can do to sweeten the pot uh, for you. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So anyway, that is going to do it, guys. The next time you hear my voice, we're going to be reviewing the game between the Bears and the Packers. Might just be me. It might be me and whoever Evan Western was able to, you know, help coordinate uh, with us. So we we might have a Packer fan here, after all, reviewing the game with us uh, over the weekend. The episode will drop first thing on Saturday, I promise, uh, because I'll be recording it on Friday, uh, Friday night, as a matter of fact. So uh, anyway, looking forward to the game. Everybody enjoy that. I'm, you know, I'm very excited to... uh, all my UK people, you guys are arranging anything out there. Take some pictures, post it uh, on the Bears Talk Underground page. I know you guys have a lot of stuff going for the for the for the Oakland game when they actually come to Tottenham. 
out there. Am I still saying that right, Malcolm? Uh, and uh, when they come out there to play the Raiders uh, in October, you guys having some gatherings or whatever. If you're having a Bears gathering, send me pictures. I'll post them on Twitter. We'll put them up on the Bears Talk Underground page uh, and what have you. This is going to be a very special season, guys. I have a very good feeling about this, that it won't end at the end of week 17 when we play the Vikings, but it will go into January and knock on wood, it will go into February. God help us all. So uh, anyway, enjoy the game, guys. Come back on Saturday for the review, and, uh, and I'll give it all to you. Bear up and bear down, knee-jerk reactions, and we'll have a Packer fan on the show so that he can explain himself as to why he's rooting for such a horrible football team. So uh, come on back on Saturday for the Week 1 Review episode. It's finally regular season football time, guys. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.